Ladies and gentlemen. Oh no, Pluto, what have they done? But this is a Fred Thaling Productions podcast. I can't say Pluto. Can't say Pluto. <laughs> oh no, my dog companion, what have they done? Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> what is going on? What is going on? <gasps> Cue the music. I don't know what we're yelling about! We came, we saw, we kicked its ass! Oh no. Oh are you telling me you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're gonna build a time machine into a car, why not do it some style? Who is this? What's your operating number? Morning conversation anyway. Whoa, we're gonna Loud noises! Hello. Hello. I'm Kendall Richardson. And I'm a Michael Lister, a name that's not on the Epstein file. <laughs> Yes, thank goodness. Uh, oh boy. Um, and you are now experiencing a podcast called Fred. Yes, experiencing it for the medium of 2024. Yeah. More yes, queen. God. Yes, queen. It's, it's <laughs> the new year. New, new year. year, new do, you, new me. Yeah. Let's do, let's do 200 push-ups. Mm-hmm. We can do 290, ah. one for each episode of this show. Ha ha. 290, and when we get to 300, we're not going to count them. Only in our minds. Only in our minds. <laughs> exactly. How how are you, Mike? You good? I'm good. I'm, I'm, I feel fresh and replenished after our ni- nice break over the holidays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy holidays, by the way. Happy holidays. Uh, sorry, sorry, Christmas. Uh, Gotta pick sides on that on that war. <laughs> anyway, anyway, it's a pagan tradition. Anyway, um, yeah, and loved everything about it. Uh, we were in a. Uh, it was a Christmas at at um, my sister's, so it was my family Christmas this time, and mm-hmm. it was great. It was just a house full of kids, and that's that's what Christmas is. It's about kiddies doing stuff, mm. and my my two really enjoyed it. And yeah, I really enjoyed it too because I haven't seen some family members in a while, so it was great. That's it was good. good. It was good. Um, Glad to hear on it. On the terms of watching, well, it's been a bit interesting. I have been watching uh, the third campaign of Critical Role, and I'm doing an insane thing of watching ten episodes a week. Um, Whoa, dude! That's <laughs> I'm already halfway <laughs> of what they have, so. Uh, wow. I'm up to 40, so, well, I've done 40, so I'm up to 41, so, and I've only done 81, so I'll be up to date soon, <laughs> so that's been my time, and haven't really been listening to podcasts either, so haven't really been catching up on podcasts either, so, mm. but with my watching, besides that, um, I finally, and this will come up in later things in 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 the um in the podcast that i have finally seen for the first time princess bride you hadn't seen it i haven't seen it oh wow okay what did you think that and the goonies (laughs) which i which i understand i have watched it way too late 
I knew I needed to be like a child for the <laughs> the mythical, the wonder, and uh, and uh, <laughs> the uh, not Nick 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 Pity, yeah, the um, you know, out of uh, film analysis that I do on a regular basis. It was like ah, that doesn't make sense, but it was good um, for what it was. Uh, as I said, I'm way too old for it. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I, I knew I knew some of the lines going in. So and that was fun, and yeah. that was fun like well, watching like a time capsule because I've been mean to watch it ever since uh, lockdown because of the big celebrity like retelling of it. Yes, and I could I couldn't watch it because I haven't seen the movie. So I thought ah, I need to watch the movies before I do that, and I've been putting it off because you know I got other things better to watch, and I'm actually happy that yeah. I watched it. Oh, good. Um, and I showed. Uh, I was watching it with uh, the children as well, and, and they do their thi- They did their thing of sort of watching it and not really watching it. So I don't know. It's going to be one of their like core memories. It's like, oh yeah, I remember this as a kid. Mm-hmm. So that's cool watching it from that perspective of introducing something that I haven't seen to the kids. Yeah. And, and they need to watch something new because they've been watching Chicken Run like all the time. All the time. Oh, well, that's that's a good thing. It's it is a good thing, but (laughs) it does get tiresome. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose there's certain certain characters in that that probably would become very annoying very quickly. uh, Yeah, if one repeat for five hundred million days. Yeah, yeah. But I can like sit them down and do something else, like watch critical role (laughs) (laughs) and something as well um which i'll talk about my uh, new year's resolution i am going physical media base i'm going to buy more physical media because i'm sick of streaming except for this i like this streaming Uh, i (laughs) like it too yes because i like it a lot i like it a lot and there's a movie that i haven't seen i've never heard about uh, but it was on um, Fat Man Beyond, and I can't remember what film they were referencing it because okay. it reminded Kevin of. Uh, I, I can't remember if it was Oppenheimer or or something else. But it's a movie co- called uh, Miracle Mile. And yeah, yeah, and I I was trying to find it because it's not on streaming, so okay. good. So I'm gonna have to buy it on. Um, on physical media and I bought it and it was it was out of print so it was okay. quite expensive like DVD and and Blu-ray so I did the next best thing I bought it on VHS oh wow dude yeah yeah and what what really oh, hold on I've got the motion blur on it but there we go wow it's got a video easy sticker that's and amazing that's what clinged it for. I want, I want it for that because yeah. it just looks nostalgic and shit. Yeah, that's and so yeah, cool. Yeah, um, really good. It is very, it is very uh, indie. So it de- definitely looks rough in places. Okay. Um, but what they did for it, for like the end climax, was pretty remarkable of what they did. And Kevin sort of talked about. Uh, the same scene, so I was sort of spoiled spoiled for okay. the ending. Yeah. Uh, but but it was really good. It 
it's a it the year I was born, 1989. Um, oh. and really great. So if you're ever down in Bendigo Way, we can chuck this on and uh, and yeah, it was really yeah. good. It does doesn't go for long. Uh, uh, 84 minutes. So it's a good little time capsule as well. It it definitely uh, deals with the sort of um, no hope bar when it comes to and being the 80s is like after uh, the Cold War. So everyone was very um, uh, nuclear. Um, Fearsome. What do you call it? Nuclear scares sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, it's it's really good and ends pretty bleak. Um, uh, good. It's a good little film. Um, nice. Bit of a hard watch if you're a modern modern uh, audience, but it's good for the time capsule. And also, uh, I <laughs> I deliberately watched all of the um uh the uh, uh what do you call it like the the uh, the previews at the start as all these movies that I haven't heard of, but I know the people in it. It's, yeah, it's quite remarkable. Like just watching that, just watching that, because when you were a kid, it's like you just fast forward. It's like no, I want the main event. So, and it was really good. I've actually written a list of stuff that I want to see because the, <laughs> and that that's the sort of beauty that I that I want to do now with physical media because you know streaming services can go hang it's pretty much <laughs> yeah i'm i i admire that quite a bit and i i want to say that i'm really glad that you sought out that movie because uh it sounded really cool when Kevin mm. described it so yeah that's why that's why i sort of oh what is this and it's like oh yeah where, where can i get it this means <laughs> <laughs> and it was only like oh, it was only like 18 bucks so which is a fair steal for because I didn't know I was, if I was going to like it or not. So I'll probably get it on Blu-ray if they do a good upscaling because uh, everything's letterbox. Um, well, four by six. Yeah, um, if I've got a spare eighty bucks, I'll get it on Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite expensive. Yeah, quite expensive. I don't mind. So, well, what about you, Kendall? Or are we going to Fulia? We will go to Fulia because, of course, if, if, if you are watching or listening, you will notice that, unfortunately, Fulia is not here. No, um, unfortunately. Unfortunately not, but um, she said, uh, sends her apologies, uh, along with a massive uh, contribution to the weekly watchings, which I'll read out for us. Um, so, let's go, I guess. Um, okay, Fulia says... Hello friends, I'm sorry I can't be with you to start the new season for 2024 of the podcast, but January is a busy month for yours truly. Mm. Anyways, I watched quite a lot during the break, which is nice. I finally finished The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh, Dessert Masters, and season two of the One Piece uh, anime, and she's in the middle of season three. Um, (laughs) Very cool. Uh, then she goes on to say, I watched through Marvel Studios Assembled Loki Season 2, uh, Master and Apprentice, a special look at Ahsoka, and Good Chemistry, the story of Elemental. My Christmas yeah. my Christmas movie was Muffet's Christmas Carol, and I decided to check out the Santa Claus's show. I also had the chance to go see The Boy and the Heron at the cinema, and I loved it. Definitely need to do a rewatch of it, though, because I feel I may have missed some things. And finally, on the day we had major thunderstorms, I chucked on a Blu-ray, first in quite some time. There you go, another physical media shout-out. 
Um, <laughs> and it was an anime series called Cardcaptor Sakura Clear Card. Really enjoying it so far. Phew, that was a bit of a list. Have fun with the rest of the show. Thanks, Fulia. Very wholesome. Until your next contribution. Yes, mm. I'll have to, next time you're on, I'll have to ask you what you thought of some of those. Because, yeah, I finally um, watched The Assembled of Loki Season 2. Um, mm. and, and that was that was good. Uh, nice behind-the-scenes snippet. And I would like to know if the Santa Claus is, is any good. Um, but I'm, I have no interest in, what, in watching it. But um, I am curious. And if you if you do end up listening to the show fully, I, I will go with you to see The Boy and the Heron if you want to go again. Because I haven't seen it and there's every chance it's going to get nominated for an Oscar. So that'll may, mean I'll have to watch it. So <laughs> I'm here. And also Robert Patterson doing some actual legwork when it comes to yeah. voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I loved how the internet kind of lost its shit over him voicing this um, Heron. Um, yeah. yeah, which is, is just great. Uh, yeah, F- fucking amazing. I just love the memes. It's the like, <laughs> do you want Chris Pratt or, or Robert Patterson? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> which, which do we prefer here? It's um, a me, Mario. It's a me, Mario. Um, yes, but thank you, Fulia. Um, we probably won't have her on the show throughout January because of her busy, busy schedule. So hopefully... Um, Maybe at the end of Jan or early Feb, we can get Folia back in the Fred Shed um, and uh, do a proper catch-up with her then. But until then, we will continue to get updates um, from her. And this it won't be the last you'll you'll hear of her in this episode either. So, um, but yes, as for me uh, and my watchings, I did a bunch of stuff watch-wise over the, the break that we had um and i'm only going to mention um the ones that stand out because i have i think i've forgotten a couple of things <laughs> um that's is, right i just got mine down which is fun um but yes in no particular order um well um say hello to the newest subscriber to paramount plus <laughs> <laughs> oh hello <laughs> hello i um yes i took the plunge um because uh yeah the, the the list of things on on paramount plus that i wanted to watch just started to grow so I, I i at first i was like i'll just i'll just do the free trial even though seven days see how much i can watch in a week and then i'll just be done with it but then i realized that i'd signed up at the right time um and i for the first year i'm only paying five dollars a month for Paramount Plus. So I'm going to keep it for a year and then get rid of it. Um, yeah. Because it's going to be like, you know, less than $2 a week for me to, like, you know, dollar something a week for me to have this thing. So I can afford that. That's fine. Um, <laughs> so, yes, um, most of the stuff that I'm about to talk about, I watched on Paramount Plus. Starting with um, uh, Thriller 40, the documentary about Michael Jackson's Thriller album, uh, finally came out um, to no kind of um, anything, um, which is annoying. But because um, I had to, I had to search for it like pretty extensively for it to even pop up um, in the um, in the search parameters. Like even when I scrolled through the documentaries, it didn't come up. I had to go to the search bar, so that was a bit frustrating. But <laughs> Is what it's it kind of like, it's kind of like what Doctor Who was in in November. 
on <laughs> Disney Plus. On Disney Plus, yeah. Where's the promotion? Where is it, guys? Where is it? Um, but regardless, yeah, I, it was um, it was an it was an okay documentary. I enjoyed it. There was a lot of footage in there that I had never seen before. Um, as someone who's been a fan of Michael Jackson their whole life, um, you know, getting to actually see um, some stuff from in the studio when the album was being recorded. In particular, um, there was footage of um, MJ and Paul McCartney singing "The Girl Is Mine," um, recording that. Um, seeing that was pretty kind of special um to see and then some you know other behind the scenes stuff on thriller and and beat it and um you know some some of the tour stuff with his brothers and and all of that and yeah so it was was, there was a lot of stuff in there that I was just like oh this is this is really nice to finally have something new um but then but the structure of the documentary itself was a bit all over the place it wasn't really done not every not every song was mentioned. There were like two songs that didn't even get mentioned at all on the album. The album only has nine songs, so it's not a massive album. Um, so that was weird. And then the chronology chronology of the whole thing from conception to the end of the era is a, is a bit all over the place. It goes back and forth in terms of the timeline um, as well, which was a bit there. And then they had a segment at a talk like in the middle. You know, usually when you do like or you watch a documentary that focuses on like the influence something has had on the world or on pop culture or on this or whatever, you kind of talk about the now or the present at the end or like, you know, you look to the future and you see what happened after whatever they, they did it in the middle. They kind of just inserted this bit in the middle of like, look at, you know, look at TikTok, look at Instagram, look at all these people that, you know, do the thriller dance and, and all this stuff, and it was talking about, you know, modern social media and, and, and how, you know, and how, you know, groups like BTS have show their influence for Michael Jackson now. And I'm like, why are we, why are we kind of ruining the momentum of, <laughs> of talking about this album to talk about it, this shit? So it was a bit weird. It was a bit weird. But, um, but, but it was, yeah, it was, it was still fine. I still, I still enjoyed it overall on the whole. It was, it was nice because they actually interviewed some of the music, like the studio musicians that worked on the album and help co-write the songs and, and, and all of this stuff. So that was, that was pretty nice. Um, mm. So if you're interested in, you know, one of, learning more about one of the biggest albums ever made, a uh, highest selling album ever made, then yeah, I would recommend checking Thriller 40 out because it's definitely for, it's not, for, it's not really made for hardcore fans like myself. It's more made for the mainstream, I suppose, like the casual fan or the, you know, pop culture enthusiast who might want to know a little bit more about it all. Um, but yeah, so that's cool. Um, and then I watched, um, well, I became obsessed with um, a show called Yellow Jackets. Um, ah. Yes, and this is the this is actually the impetus for me getting Paramount Plus because they decided, I don't know why, but they decided to put uh, season one of Yellow Jackets on Netflix in Australia, even though it was already streaming on Paramount Plus. Like, you can watch seasons one and two on Paramount Plus, but for some reason, Netflix... Um, made a deal with them for distribution or something, I guess. But anyway, so I was like, oh, great, I can finally watch this show. I've been hearing so many good things about it. Um, so I was really excited to check it out. And yeah, and I binged the first season in a matter of days. Um, and I'm like, I'm not waiting. I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for, for like however long it's going to take for Netflix to put the second season up. So I'm, I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to binge it all. So then I just, yeah, I watched se- season one and two back to back. Um, 
over the course of like a week. Yeah, uh, really fast. It, it's really, really good. Like, yeah, it's fantastic. Like, do you know what it's about? Have you heard about it at all, Mike? Um, in, in all accounts, it's probably not doing it justice, but it's like um, Lord of the Flies, but if it was a girl. Yeah, yeah, it, that's the, the bare bones version, I guess. Yeah, it's very much a Lord of the Flies sort of thing. Like, you know, this, you know, high school girls soccer team, their plane crashes on the way to the Nationals um, and, you know, they aren't found for and they tell you straight up in the show they're like they, they they don't find them for like 19 months or something so they're in the wilderness in northern america for like yeah, ages um mm. without without being found and it's just a you know and so the show takes place between the aftermath of the crash when they're there um and then in the present day so you have actresses playing the teenagers and then actresses playing the adults um so you've got Melanie Linsky, you've got Juliette Lewis, Christina Ricci playing mm. older versions of these teenagers. Um, and you have these concurrent storylines. Um, and it's really, really well made. Um, so it's like a dark take of, uh, what's that movie? Then and Now. Oh, Now and Then. Which, now which, and Then, which, yeah. which, which Christina Ricci was actually in. Um, so yeah. that, that's funny. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a very dark, much darker version of that story. Yeah. I've got all the sisters. I know, I know these things. You know, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a fantastic show. Like it's just you know showing what can happen to people when they're put through you know the ringer and these dire situations and the choices that have to be made and what it, what happens when it's a group of you know sixteen year olds. <laughs> like what it, what do they do? Um, how do they respond to it? And then, like, it's kind of cool that the show, like, it shows you which one, like, which characters survive, but it doesn't, some of the other girls, you don't know if they live or die because um, you don't see their older counterparts. And they kind of mm. drip, they kind of drip feed you um, as you go along which characters live and which ones die. Um, and there's still some characters we don't know, like, at the end of season two, like, I have no idea. Um, couple of characters if they if they live or die or not um but it's it's done really really well and there was a very good twist at the end of season one where you found out that like mm. like well, yeah like a, a pretty prominent character like what what their fate was and it was just like something you didn't expect and it was just oh my god okay this is crazy um but yeah i highly recommend yellow jackets i really enjoyed it um and then the other. Can you buy it on, Bl- can you buy it on uh, physical media? You can. It is available uh, at uh, at JB Hi Fi. Um, you can buy not it. Plugged. Uh, <laughs> hashtag not sponsored. Um, yes, yeah, season one is already out at JB, and season two is about to come out. So you can yeah. you can you can pick it up on DVD. So um, you know what you guys can get me for birthday. Hey, there you go. Yellow jackets yeah. one and two. <laughs> mm. Hell yes. Okay, a um, couple other things to mention. Uh, another series on Paramount Plus I, I binged over a couple of days. Uh, I watched this show called Fellow Travelers, um, which is basically um, Matt Bomer and Jonathan Bailey play these two gay men in the 50s who um, are in Washington. They work in Washington. Um, Jonathan Bailey's character works for... Um, McCarthy so it's during the height of McCarthyism and the witch hunt that was you know them accusing every 
person they thought was sus of being a commie. Um, and I didn't realize the, red scare. A red, yeah. the whole red scare thing. I didn't realize there was a whole deal with, um, they were also targeting, uh, homosexuals at the time. They also were mm-hmm. like, they were prosecuting them, um, you know, and, 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 and all of this, um, just for being who they were. And so the show explores, you know, that aspect, most of it takes place in the fifties. It also has a dual story like timeline thing where it jumps forward to the eighties um and and then it goes into the oh. it goes yeah yeah you know where mm. it's you know where it's going yeah yeah I, I don't even need to say it um so I yeah. know history yeah you know history <laughs> you know history and especially history. especially in america um yeah but it's so it's about you know these two men who kind of are very much there if 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 life was different they would have been together like forever from day dot but because of who they were and where they were and the time we li- they lived in they couldn't be together so you know they have to pretend to be straight and you know matt bomer's character marries and has kids and has a family and a whole thing and then you know literally um uh jonathan bailey's character joins like he enlists in vietnam just to get away from matt bomer's character because like it's so heartbreaking to him that they can't be together like i need to get over you i'm fucking enlisting um, so that was, yeah. And then he becomes a political activist and, and all this stuff. So it's, it's a really cool, like, um, like it's a, gr- it's an epic, epic, epic love story with a, a political backdrop, a, you know, a really kind of, um, intriguing examination on American history during those decades, um, and, and queer history as well. So, um, yeah, mm. I, I, and, and performed and shot and all of that, like expertly, like it was a very well-made series. It's only eight episodes. Um, and yeah, I was bawling like a baby at the end. Cause you know, it's the eighties for gay people. And how does that go? Not well. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Pick a time and any time. Pick a time, any time. Even, yeah, even now. Uh, humanity sucks. Anyway, um, but Stop yeah, the world. <laughs> but it is a it's a beautiful um yeah it's a beautiful show um about humanity really when it comes down to it. So I recommend fellow travelers yeah. as well. And then something completely different to anything else. Um, Monty on Python. Ne- Monty Python. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm planning Another something completely different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Um, Thank you. No, I am um, uh, on Netflix. I did a, a double header. I watched back to back X and Pearl. I've been meaning to watch that as well. Nice. I hope you do because uh, I would love to discuss it with you. Um, because yeah, it was it was really. I think I I didn't like it as much at the time. I liked Pearl more than X. I think. Mm. Um, but after having watched them both, I'm like, no, I can I can kind of get on board with what they're doing. Um, yeah. and yeah, and now that they're, uh, they're bringing out Maxine, which is going to be the third one, uh, in this trilogy later this year, I yeah. think, um, it's going to be really cool to see how they bring the character of Maxine full circle. Cause she's the main character in, uh, in X. Um, and then, and then obviously you but isn't it in different time periods. Yeah. Well, I won't spoil it for you, no, but there isn't. I thought it was some big connection, but if there is, they haven't explained it yet. And so I'm hoping Maxine will uh, explain it a bit more because it's because yeah. they haven't really touched on the reason why Maxine and Pearl are two different people played by the same actress. 
Um, they haven't really done anything with that yet. Um, too glaringly, obvi- uh, glaringly obvious. And it, to be honest, if they don't, I won't be mad about it because it's really fascinating. Um, and if you're, I mean, I know you're a fan of horror, obviously, and I know you'll appreciate the, like, you know, X is very much, it has like a Texas chainsaw sort of a- aesthetic to it. Like it, it's it's in the late seventies. It's you know these young you know young people. They're going out to this farm that looks very rem- and it's set in Texas as well. Like it's very reminiscent of that whole thing, and and you know bad shit happens. But um, and then Pearl to be like this sort of prequel to that. You kind of see what how things well you don't even see how things got so fucked for them and X, but like just. It's more retroactively. Um, it's just it's just more of like okay, this is just who this yeah. character is. It doesn't explain why she's crazy, but it, she just is crazy. Um, but yeah, there's a connection between the two characters, Pearl and Maxine. Hmm. And, um, I hope they kind of go more into it. But um, but they were really cool. They were fun. They were really yeah. fun. And Superman's in Pearl. Uh, David Corrin Sweat. He's in. Oh, oh. yeah, the new Superman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to be more specific. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the new Superman exactly. that we haven't seen yet. He's in Pearl, so um yeah. But yeah, yeah. Definitely recommend people check those out if you're if you're, yeah. if you're a horror fan. That was on my list for stuff to watch this year because of the third one coming out. And I was yeah. like, Oh, I've been meaning to watch them. Mm. So Yeah, I'll do a double header. Yeah, do it. But yeah. About, uh, but I'll buy it on uh, physical media. Yeah, yeah. At JB Hi-Fi. Maybe. <laughs> I don't have staff to get discount, so. <laughs> hint, hint. Hint, hint. Um, <laughs> well, your birthday's coming and, up. <laughs> I know two people. <laughs> you did. <laughs> and they both, yeah. They both on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they can buy me one, and they can buy me two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, that's um that's my my weekly watchings, our epic weekly watchings to start off twenty twenty four with a bang. Um, Please. Yes, and now uh, it's time to get into the week that was in the nerdy news. This is the news, the nerdy news, the nerds that talk about the nerdy news. That is us who talk about the news that is nerdy. And now the queen of nerdydom. The hostess with most S, Kendall Richardson. Take it away, Kendall. Eh. All right, nerdy news time. <laughs> Let's go with our first item. And uh, we've got some Marvel news to start off the year. Uh, marvelous. Not, marvelous. Not so marvelous, though, because uh, Stephen Yeun, who was previously booked to play Sentry in uh, the Thunderbolts movie, has unfortunately had to step away from the project um, and he will not be playing the role anymore. Um, basically, uh, this is due to the, the strikes that happened in 2023. Mm. Scheduling. Scheduling. So, yeah, unfortunately, uh, because of the strikes, the uh, photography on Thunderbolts was delayed, uh, which then forced Stephen Yun's schedule to clash and uh, forced him out of the project. So, um, but... Never fear, if you're a fan of him as an actor, um, uh, he has said he does still want to work with Marvel, um, and he is pretty keen, so I'm sure 
um, something will will work out for the better down the road, and we'll get to see him in an MCU project at some point. Um, but yeah. it's it will not be Sentry. So um, they're going to be on the lookout for a new one um, to to fill to fill that character. So I'm yeah. So I'm I'm curious to see who they're going to get to replace him now. Um, hmm. But yeah, because I have no, I have no connection to this character. I've never seen the character before in anything else. Um, it was going to be the live action debut of the character too. So um, I don't have any preconceived notions of who should play uh, Sentry and what he should look like. So uh, it's yeah, it's kind of exciting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sad because Steven Yeun's very talented, um, very very talented actor. But yeah, was not meant to be. Um, Mike, do you have any thoughts on Hello. this? Um, yeah, uh, just it is what it is. Um, this is going to be the repercussions for a while uh, with the writers being uh, writers and actors being on strike. There's going to be a little bit of a hiccups in, in places, but it's cool that they still have like a good rapport. It's not, not anything like sinister behind it. And he wants to play, uh, play something in the MCU, which, which is good. Um, I just know him as Mark. <laughs> and I can't remember if he's doing the live action, uh, live action Omni Man, no, Invincible uh, TV sh- thing. Yeah, I don't. Is there talks of them doing a live action one yet? Uh, I've heard stuff because they want to strike while the iron's hot, but mm. I, I think. The animation, the animated version is going to be far superior because you could do a lot more uh, with it and people really enjoy it. So I don't see why they should. But money talks. Money talks, yes. But who knows? But yeah, I, I, I enjoy him. He, he's, he, he's, very, he's very good in his uh, voiceover roles. I haven't really seen him in much, except for Walking Dead, of course. But, mm. but otherwise, yeah, um, take the bag when you can. Love it. Yes, yes, indeed. All right. Well, uh, speaking of casting, our second uh, piece of news is a lot better. Um, and I'm really keen for Mike's thoughts on this in particular because... Mm. We, <laughs> because we now have our Steve uh, yeah. for our Minecraft movie, and that, of course, is going to be the one and only Jack Black. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I have only ever watched people play Minecraft. I have never played it myself. I know nothing about Steve, as uh, apart from the fact that he's like the guy. Um, the guy you play. The guy you play as. Um, so that's about it. Um, I'm, I, I'm really keen for this movie now. Like even more so than I was before. Like I was intrigued uh, about this Minecraft movie just because obviously we're we're having an upswing of video game adaptations at the moment, and um, something like Minecraft, if they get the right animation house doing it, um, it could actually look pretty amazing. Um, so I'm really curious to see uh, when they drop a first trailer or a first image for this, how it's going to look. Um, but getting someone like Jack Black to voice this iconic character um, is, a, is a big up for me. Um, 
you know, he obviously he knocked everyone's socks off as Bowser last year, um, you know, singing the song that should have been nominated for an Oscar, but it won't be. Um, but that's all right. Um, and yeah, and so it's kind of funny to see him go from, you know, one of the most famous Nintendo villains to, um, you know, literally the complete opposite. <laughs> now he's going to be the, the protagonist in the story. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to watching this more than I was before. How are you feeling, Mike, as someone who enjoys a bit of Minecraft? Yeah, especially when I need some downtime with my brain and just dig a hole. Dig a hole. <laughs> uh, dig a hole, fill it up with water. Yes. Dale dug a hole. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Steve dug a hole. Um, that's right. Um, yeah, Steve is basically the um, uh, default skin that you get when you're when you're playing that game because you don't see your, don't see your face normally no. unless you press press uh, R five no F five and you do different if you want to do like POV or anything like that. So he doesn't really have a character, so it's going to be interesting on what they sort of uh, put into the character. Mm-hmm. Like you can start from scratch, and someone like Jack Black can definitely fill those boots, um, or those leather boots, or those, or those uh, diamond armor boots. Bit of bit of lore there. <laughs> um, enchanted boots. Um, yeah. So. It was interesting because originally Jason Momoa was going to be in this. He's still rumoured to be a part of it. Yeah, so he could be like the voice of something else as well, like the voice of a dragon or something. Um, Or the creeper. Or zombie. Uh, He plays all the zombies. So, And they say this is going to be live action as well, so what's going on there? So it's very intriguing of what they're going to do. Mm. They're not going to do live-action Minecraft. That would just no. look weird. No. But Surely not. I think it's, I think it's going to be enjoyable. I mean, mm. the I've always said that... Um, I, think, I think I said from last uh, podcast, like, oh, ages ago, that I think people are sort of swaying away from like the superhero genre like a little bit and Mm. they want something new and i think game adaptations is finally getting good and they're sort of becoming more nuanced and and yeah because sonic's coming out uh they don't know if there's going to be another mario movie but i I doubt that they're not going to do that um and and uh, Last of Us Season 2 is starting filming in February. Oh. That's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I need, to, I need to play the second one. I want to play the second one. I, wanna, I don't want to go in like, like in the first one. Um, I need to finish my rewatch of... Sorry, not my rewatch. My watch of the um, cinematics of the second game. Because I've only gotten yeah. up to a certain point. That's right. Hmm. Uh, I, might, I might tell fully. I was like, hey... Can I borrow your can I borrow your PS five? Yeah. Or or if anyone's got a PS four, I mean I'm thinking of I'm really thinking of actually buying buying one just for that. Yeah, well we still uh, we still sell PS fours. And they're not yeah. they're not too expensive, so No, no, no. I can probably get a, a cheap cheapy one from like 
I don't know, cash converters or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, true. Buying the game, you know, physical media. Woo! Uh, again. Woo! Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited because, yeah, Jables, <laughs> Jablinski Games is doing a lot of games. <laughs> do you count, do you count Jumanji? He goes into a game and he's a PC. Yeah, it's not based on a, it's based on a game, but then the game came from the movie, didn't it? Uh, yeah, and the yeah, it's not game the didn't exist. So yeah, yeah, nah, nah, yeah, nah. yeah, nah, yeah, nah. And that's my final offer. Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Very good. Um, all right, we got one more thing to talk about in the news before we move on out. Um, and that is some oh, game. sorry. Uh, Fulia, uh, I just skip, I just went over to because I'm doing this like by myself. I forgot that uh, Fulia is in the chat with um ah. uh, on YouTube. I forgot to mention that I watched uh, Pokemon uh, Concierge Concierge twice. Also, hello, hello. Hi, Fulia. Volume is good. Ah, oh, th- uh, okay, it's ages ago. And with that, I must go. <laughs> we'll oh, listen once. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm so quick. You're so that's quick, it's fine. Th- that's why I need three monitors. Three monitors to see everything. Everything. In- everything. Including why aren't you on Twitch? What I did- was on- I was on Twitch. What did anyway. she what did she say was good? Uh what's good? Oh the volume's good. Oh volume. I, I think it's uh, when I was When you were talking the, about the volume. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well yes. All good. All good. Thanks, Fulia. <laughs> Sorry, we we missed your comment. I'm doubting everywhere between <laughs> between when I'm not saying something. So yes, you you carry on. Okay, <laughs> and I'll just be in the background going. Eh. Alrighty, uh, our last item of news is Game of Thrones related. Um, it was announced this week that the uh, one of the live action previously live action spin offs, um, which was um called Nine Voyages, a.k.a. The Sea Snake, um, is actually now going to be an animated series. Um, and George R. R. Martin himself made this announcement, and based on what he actually said, um, it's it's probably a really good decision. Um, the reason for it being uh, was actually the budget was going to be too high if it was going to be done in live action. Um, so they're, they're cutting costs to make it animated, um, but it sounds like it's going to actually lend itself better to, uh, to animation, talking about what they're going to, like, um, actually cover. Um, so, uh, George R. R. Martin said, we have moved Nine Voyages, our series about the legendary voyages of the sea snake, over from live action to animation, a move I support fully. Budgetary constraints would likely have made a live action version prohibitively expensive. What with half the show taking place at sea and the necessity of creating a different port every week from Driftmark to Lys to the Basilisk Isles to Volantis to Carth to, well, on and on and on and on. There's a whole world out there and we have a lot uh, a lot better chance of showing it all with animation. Um, mm. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's still being developed by um, Bruno Heller, who was um, the showrunner for Gotham and Rome. Um, so he's now going to be uh, staying on board for the animation side of things, which is cool. Um, and I, I guess, you know, they'll um, 
they'll have Steve Toussaint still in the role of Corliss Valerian. Um, uh, now he'll just, you know, obviously do his voiceover instead. But, um, but yeah, I know, I think this is cool. I, I would really like to see what an animated Game of Thrones show would look like. Um, like if they use similar animation style to like, you know, Master of the Universe Revelation or Legend of Vox Machina or even like something like Arcane's animation, I think might even work really well um, mm. for a Game of Thrones show. So, um, yeah, I think this is, yeah, this is kind of going to be like a no holds barred. Let's just see what Westeros, like what we can do and let's show a, a side of Westeros we've never really seen before. So, um yeah, no, I'm I'm totally on board with this actually, which I'm sure fully is scratching her head, going, "Kendall on board with an animation? What is she feeling? Uh, is she feeling okay?" <laughs> um, no, sometimes I like it. Um, but yes, no, I think this is a great a great idea. So I'm I'm definitely still on board. Um, how do you feel about this, Mike? Um, yeah, I'm all for it. Um, which kind of makes sense if it's getting way too expensive by actually building like different ports and that like uh and game of thrones usually does do like pretty much try and get like physical like sets like built mm. for that. Mm-hmm. and everything that they do um cgi wise is usually like the creatures or just little bits here and there just to make it a bit more a bit more believable like cgi done right mm. um yeah um, it's it's probably probably really good to do that then you can actually do as i said with um with uh invincible you can do a lot more with uh animation than you can than you can with live action and would take a lot more time to do so we'll probably won't see something until probably 2026 and yeah bearing in mind we've just started 2004 24 oh. sorry oh. <laughs> jeez words words and have, yeah and have a look at like hbo like animations like it probably depends on what sort of uh um animation house that they choose mm. they don't really have an uh, an on on the, uh a studio for their for their own so it could it could be anything really because mm. you got um because you got close enough, which is it's it's the rubber sort of stuff. So I'm not sure if that's going to be it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's looking like Adventure Time. <laughs> that would be very yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, they're not going to do that. No, but yeah, um, depending on depending on the production house, I think it will be good and just move it up move all the actors over to doing voice which yeah. uh, if you've done it before good if you haven't done it before learn a new craft get get robert Bazison doing, doing voice. <laughs> he, can, he can do voices yeah he can be the voice of the dragons because <laughs> a lot of people thought because um, mark hamill's in the the movie as well they thought mark hamill was playing the crane same yeah that's it Wait, that what? <laughs> you mean he he decided to not use his own voice, but he's a star. Surely you need to know it's him playing it. 
only a, only Rob Pattinson. Seriously, only yeah. him. Bearing in mind, it does remind me of South Park. Mm. Um, because they got um, like when it became like hugely popular for the first time, like during the nineties, and and a lot of, and a lot of uh, like big names wanted to be in it to either play them or do a voice and and um one of them is like oh we get jerry seinfeld and the and the guys of course they hate hollywood so they say oh let's make a joke about it and can we get um can we get uh uh jerry seinfeld to do uh uh number seven uh turkey and it would just be jerry seinfeld just going (laughs) yeah something like that (laughs) and they and they're and yeah and that fell through because it's jerry seinfeld you can't do that jerry seinfeld but someone who did do that was uh george clooney playing sparky which is yeah that's right that's right (laughs) so you got so you got george clooney going (laughs) and then and then as a big thank you they they let him play himself in in the movie Mm. Where, where he lost kenny yeah. Doing doing his uh, ER guy. I, I have never yeah. seen Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's hmm. right. Who's baking a potato? <laughs> My bad, sir. I missed lunch. <laughs> Funny. Good stuff. Anyway, uh, very looking forward to it. And George R. R. Martin, get get your last book done. Yeah, because at the rate it's going, it's going to be his last book. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Or it's in a vault, and he's going to say, "Okay, I'm going to do a Mark Twain that you can't you can't read it after a hundred years after my death." <laughs> I was going to say, does he have any kids? Get his his get his kids to like finish it for it or whatever. Well, like a Tolkien. Like Tolkien. He's already yeah. he's already ripped off Tolkien a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. May as well keep Fair going. My- Bearing in mind, modern fantasy is a basic rip-off of Tolkien, anyway. Yeah, he's including D and D. Yep. Anyway. Anyway, all right, that's the nerdy news done. Let's move on out and roll on up to the trailer park. Rolling up to the trailer park where we all park all the trailers. Yeah. Alrighty then, trailer park for the first episode of 2024. Uh, we have uh, starting us off Lisa Frankenstein. Um, mm. Mm. Now, um, I'd heard about this movie before this trailer because this is not the first trailer. I think we missed the first trailer when it dropped. Um, so I knew, Possibly, yeah. I knew this. Um, yeah, I knew this was coming out. I knew this was a thing. Um, I didn't, however, realize that it was, uh, not only written by Diablo Cody, who is a very talented screenwriter, um, it is the directorial debut of, debut. of Zelda Williams. Um, yeah. and for that's those... how I knew that this movie was coming out. Oh, nice. Um, for those who aren't aware, Zelda Williams is the late, great Robin Williams, uh, daughter. Um, so, um, uh, I think this is, I'm, I'm even more on board to watch it just based on those two things. Um, and then just watching this trailer, I was kind of even more sold on it the more it went along because it really feels like it's, it's like, it's like Heather's crossed with like any Tim Burton movie 
crossed with warm mm. bodies. Like it's just this amalgamation of different, um, you know, Frankenstein-ish sort of tropes. And, you know, it's set in the 80s. Um, so you've got that aesthetic. Like I'm, I'm really interested in watching this, I think. Um, I'm not like, I'm not sure if I will like it or dislike it, but there's a lot of things in here that are working for it. Um, and I kind of like the, the, the story of it, not just about this like weird girl who, um, you know, is, is like in love with a dead guy. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, it, it becomes more of this, like, you know, once he's reanimated and, you know, she's trying to like, you know, help him, uh, you know, integrate, I suppose, reintegrate into the world. Um, and then it, she has to like kill people. So there's like, it seems like there's almost like a little type of horrors element in there where like, you know, to sustain him or to help him, she has to start yeah. killing people. Um, and then she kind of goes a bit crazy, it seems. So I, yeah, so I, I'm kind of here for this just descent into madness. Um, yeah. In the in the guise of a coming of age, Faustus. <laughs> yeah, it's um yeah I, I'm really interested. It looks great. Um yeah, it looks fun. I love the vibe. Um and the the people that have made this movie are are good humans. So I'm yeah. Let's go, Lisa Frankenstein. I say. <laughs> uh, what did you make of it, Mike? Yeah, it looks really interesting. Um, it looks like a story that can be taken from like an '80s film. It definitely has that sort of weird science yeah. sort of thing, but made female as well as having a bit more like um, issues taken in, like like a coming of age, but you're turning into like a mean girl sort sort of thing, mm. uh, and also having. Uh, being popular with, uh, with with a reanimated corpse boyfriend, maybe it's also a love story. So it's got a <laughs> lot of things in the fire, and only hope it, I hope it's not going to be too much, too much irons in the fire, if, say the least. Um, yeah, it just looks really interesting. It it it's um it's new, it's different, it's unusual, uh, and it looks very similar. To things that we have seen, which isn't bad. Mm. I think if you just uh, oh, what's the word that I'm looking for? It's uh, it's not a mirror image, but it's sort sort of like um, yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, moving on. Um, really enjoy it. Uh, all the people. Uh, all the people in front and behind camera are, are, are amazing and I can't wait to see it. Um, maybe a bit too old for m my daughter to watch it, but <laughs> it's definitely going to be one of them ones that's like when you turn 16, it's like, okay, you want a coming-of-age story? Here's this one as well as Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And, <laughs> and what's that other one? Uh... Something that I've watched in year 12, or I had to watch in year 12, it's... Yeah, anyway. It'll come to you. So where's this coming out, Kendall? Well, uh, Lisa Frankenstein, uh, it probably has an Australian release date because it's coming out next month in uh, the US of A on the 9th of February. 
but I couldn't mm. see one listed on IMDb. So keep an eye out um, to see where it might be playing here in Australia. Because um, it's not coming out in the UK until like March, so we might not get it until then either. Uh, oh, who knows? I, I think I saw it on flicks.com. Ah. I should check their website for release dates. I'm just going to do a quick Google. Um, oh, I was going to do that. Oh, will you do it? Go in, do it. I'm on. I'm. I'm on the internet as well. You're on the internet. Do it. Do it. Do it. I think it is. I think it is coming out in February in that. Yeah. Do do do. Come on, don't be a poop. Don't. Internet's a bit slow. Oh no. Don't be slow. Don't be slur. Yeah, it's too slow. Uh, well. I'll go back to you. I'll go back to you. Okay. Um, well, I can't see. It's listed on, on flicks.com.au, but there's no release date, Australian release date. So it looks like there's just no... Oh, it says it's coming out, but it doesn't say when. So we will... Uh, Watch it at some point. Yes. Uh, yes. All right. Our next trailer, however, does have an Australian release date, which I will reveal momentarily. But uh, first, I'm going to talk about how much I adored this teaser trailer for the first Omen. Um, mm. I haven't seen any Omen movie. Um, it's <gasps> one of, yeah. I know. <laughs> it's one of those um, horror franchises I haven't gotten around to checking out yet, but I have heard how kind of uh, prolific, I suppose, the original film is, you know, because it, mm. uh, it came out after The Exorcist did, so they were still in the middle of that whole 70s horror wave of, of that and, you know, the whole satanic panic shit going on in America yeah. at the same time. So, um, yeah, so... I haven't seen that. I'm going to watch it before I watch this because this obviously looks like a prequel uh, based on the, the title. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But I hope the movie is as good as this this teaser trailer makes it out to be because, my God, this was a fucking amazing teaser trailer. Um, like, I love it. Like, we talk about it all the time, like how, you know, teaser trailers should not show the whole movie or just trailers in general shouldn't show the whole movie. Um, and teaser trailers shouldn't show any of the story. Like, they should just kind of give you a glimpse, give you a taste, give you a little sample size of what you're going to get when the film does come out. And this is what this does. Um, and it's artistic, it's stylistic, it's um, it's eerie as shit. It's, mm. it's just, it ticks all the boxes for me. Um, I thought it was expertly edited together. The, the way the sound is used, the way the images are all in reverse like we're seeing everything happening in reverse basically except for the shot at the end but um i thought that was such a clever thing because you know there's that whole thing about like you know you play certain songs in reverse and you can hear messages from the devil or whatever in them so i'm like they're leaning into that whole kind of mythology around that um so i thought that was pretty sick um but yeah it looks creepy as hell um, and I hope it, I hope it's as good. I hope it's as good as this trailer. Cause if it's not, I'm going to be very disappointed. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, but we'll we'll see. Because yeah, it is a prequel to a horror movie that exists in a franchise that has like a you know like five or six movies I think at this point, and they've done the remake before already. They've done yeah, they've done prequels and sequels and all that shit before. So we're just yeah, I don't know. Cautiously optimistic, but I yeah, this is this takes the cake for me for best trailer this week. Um, yeah, yeah. What did you think, Mike? Um, it looks really interesting. Um, don't know what the story is, which is good, mm. but it, it does harken back to the Omen films in a way. I think I've seen the first one. I can't remember, unfortunately. Uh, I've got it on VHS. Oh, because <laughs> it's weird. And I only got it because it's got the second Doctor in it, uh, oh. Patrick Troughton. Yeah, he pl- he plays a priest. A priest. Um, priest. Uh, and the remake came out in two thousand six, so almost yeah. twenty years since that one. So mm, good, almost. good time, good time. Had by all to to do something, and yes. it's not a remake; it's a prequel. But to what? Maybe, well, maybe. That's the thing. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's actually officially called itself like a prequel or anything. No, like that's that. that's kind of me making the jump just because it's called the first Omen, and you know we've had a million Omen movies already. It just, it's that's well, that's what it's it's telling me that it's a prequel. Yeah, but I could be wrong. No, no, no. well. A woman starts questioning about her faith uh, when when she uncovers a terrifying conspiracy to bring about the birth of uh, of evil incarnation in Rome. Rome. <laughs> oh, Caesar, Emperor of Rome. Rome. Hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of Roman movies. Well, whenever this is coming out, I'll probably have to do watch. Oh, looks like. Oh dear. <laughs> um, one, two, three, four. There's a few. Yeah, like five, including not including this one. Um. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, when we're talking about seventies, like horror, like with Omen as well as um. The Exorcist, uh, Rosemary's Baby, mm. uh, and all that, and a lot. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people complain that um, A twenty four is is like uh, art house horror, and people complaining about it. It's like no, it needs all the blood and guts. It's like well, you can't have both. Then yeah. you know what you get. You know what you're getting into. Maybe people don't like a slasher, but people like a slow burn. And I think maybe with the, all the shots in this movie, it definitely has a feel like this is going to be an art, art house uh, horror, mm. which is like what what the first one was sort of harking back because seventies it's slow burning and uh, it's accidents waiting to happen. So, but I don't know with the with the thing of uh, she uncovers a spirit conspiracy. Please don't make it like. Da Vinci's code or anything. Yeah, like we don't. We don't need. We don't, need, we don't that. need that. No, don't need that. But maybe it's before Damien is born. 
maybe. I don't know. Maybe. And the uh, and the last thing that was backwards. I haven't checked it, but I could probably tell because it definitely sounds like it backwards. Is the famous line in the Omen? This is for you, Damien. <laughs> backwards, where the um, the nanny is. Don't want to spoil it. On top of a roof, saying, "This is for you, Damien. It's all for you." And she jumps. Jumps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in a way, she jumps. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Ooh. More of a shock. Uh-huh. So when is this coming out? Well, uh, as I said earlier, we do have an Australian date for the first omen, and that is the 4th of April. Oh, just in time for Halloween. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. Uh, one more trailer to discuss this week, uh, and that is for an upcoming series called Death and Other Details. Um, I just clicked. I probably should check if this is based on anything. Um, because I'm very curious. Um, because it's uh very obviously much a, a murder mystery in the vein of Poirot. Um, or Ni- yeah. Knives Out. You know, it's very much um kind of yeah, hearkening to those sort of classic murder mystery tropes. Yeah. Um, a copy, but not a copy. A copy, but not a copy. Um, but yeah, just trying to see if it's based on anything. Um, Death on the Nile. All the episodes are written by people, and there's no one credited as like based on the thing. So maybe it's an original. Maybe it's its own thing. Maybe, maybe it's its own thing. Yeah. No. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah. But regardless. Um, yeah, this was an interesting, uh, an interesting trailer. Uh, speaking of um, bloody um, uh, Princess Bride, Mandy Patinkin um, in this. Yeah. Uh, good timing. Um, so that's really cool to see him. I was in, going, in hey, <laughs> Inigo Montoya. Inigo Montoya, you kill you my, my father, father prepare to, to die. die. Hey, you get that reference now. Yes. Yes. I thought, ah, oh, does he only say it once? <laughs> <laughs> no. Boy, I was wrong. Boy, were you ever wrong. Yeah, he says he it. He was rolling nat 20s on that. <laughs> he sure was. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I like the fact that this is a uh, series as opposed to a film, because when I watched it, I thought it was a movie. I'm like, oh, no, I'm taking place over a few episodes. Um, that's pretty exciting. Um but yeah, I, I hope it brings something new to the murder mystery sort of genre. Um, I'd be curious to see if Folia wants to check this out because we all know how much she loves her Poirot and enjoys Knives Out. Um, uh, so hopefully uh, she'll be on board for this. Um, but mm. um, but yeah, um, yeah, I hope it's good. I'm not I'm not sold on it myself. I will say, um, but um, but yeah. Um, uh, it's got a good cast, so um, hopefully it turns out to be an enjoyable show to watch. I don't really have much else to add other than that. Michael, what did you make of it? Um, yeah, same vein as what we've been talking about. Um, it feels like... Uh, it definitely feels like a Master and an Apprentice story. Mm. It feels like it. Like... Uh, like... Uh, the woman falls into 
Um, I don't know. Like, crime solving? Mm. Or she does the crime? I think that's the mystery, maybe. Yeah. Not necessarily the the main murder. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably needs another trailer just to galvanize what it's trying to do. Yeah. But otherwise, it looks pretty. It, it, it remind, in a weird way, it does remind me of if, uh, yeah, Poirot, uh was on the set of White Lotus, in a way. Yeah, yeah. It definitely has that kind of vibe, too. Yeah, so the mesh of those those ones mm. uh, and a bit more knives out with uh with a foghorn leghorn <laughs> i can't remember his name mandy patinka no 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 uh oh. knives out benoit uh, blanc benoit blanc <laughs> foghorn leghorn <laughs> you know what i mean i know what you mean yeah <laughs> i said but i said but. i said i said <laughs> You did a murder. <laughs> you did a murder. <laughs> a murder. It's all murder. <laughs> it's all murder up in here. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> when is this coming out well, on a streaming service? This is coming out on a streaming service very soon. In the US of A, it's going to be on Hulu. But here in Australia, it'll be dropping on the 16th of January on Disney+. Plus. Uh, so I won't see it unless they do a... Actually, no, Disney doesn't do DVDs anymore, do they? Nope. <laughs> well, I'll never see it then. Are you actually, like, Ever. not watching streaming service anything? I try to avoid it. Okay. If if it's something that can be watched, then I will. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, well, for instance, Echo is coming out. Um, yeah, that's coming I'm out gonna, this week. I'm going to have to watch that. Yes. Because A, it's Marvel, and we have to watch Marvel. We're going to be talking about it next week, yes. And also, it it looks interesting. Especially mm. that last trailer that came out. Mm. Ooh. I haven't watched it. I've only, I haven't watched a trailer of it in a long time. So, I uh, I don't watch any of the little bits and bobs. That's right. It, it, it's more Vincent D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio, yeah. Yeah, going, oh, this is... I think this is going to be good, but I have been burnt before. But I don't know. It definitely looks good. Nice. So we shall see. Something new, something different, and there's not going to be any. <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows? Anyway, moving on. Moving on. All right. Well, that's trailer park done. We're rolling on out yeah, yeah. Um, because it's time. Speaking of Marvel, for a Kuliki review. Quickie review. Sure. Yes, quickie review time. Uh, and of course, um, we are here now to uh, just give our overall thoughts on What If Season 2, um, which dropped in its entirety over the holiday period, uh, one episode a day through to the end of December. Um, and um, yeah, I just, you know, wanted to share general thoughts maybe we'll do a dis- a bigger discussion on it when fully is on the show in a few weeks but for now um my overall thoughts i i i liked it 
Um, I didn't like it as much as the first season. I thought the first season was done a bit better um, for some reason. Like, because obviously the first season starts off as being, you know, standalone episodes and then they build up that connection throughout. This season had a little sprinkle of connections, but it didn't kind of culminate in the sa- to the same kind of effect for me by the time we got to the yeah. finale. Um, and I, I'm very curious as to why they kind of held, they seem to have held back a bit on, on the way that they ended it. Um, like it was still good. It was still satisfying. Um, but, um, yeah, but it was a little, it was, I mean, we'll, I'll just quickly spoil a couple of things. Um, but it was a little bit predictable for, um, Sorcerer Supreme Strange to go dark, to go rogue. And, and remain corrupted. Um, mm. wasn't very much a r- pull the rug out from under you moment when it was revealed that not only was he, uh, you know, trying to bring back his world, he was trying to bring back Christine again, even though he we, we believed he'd already learned his lesson, you know? Um, yeah. Are you, are you telling me that uh, all that character building that we actually set up in the last one uh, didn't mean anything and he went back to um, being a cookie cutter villain? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Sweet! Yeah, thanks, thanks guys. <laughs> well done. Um, thanks, yeah. thanks. Could have been, you know, Could've continuing a, a story. No. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad we're on the same page with that. Um, which is, is surprising too because, you know, they had the same head writers on this as they did the first season. So I'm just really curious as to why they decided to um, kind of half-ass it a little bit and not put as much death. Because, you know, I maintain that the best episode of this entire thing is that one episode where, you know, um, you know, Strange becomes Sorcerer Supreme and ends up losing his only world because he keeps trying to save Christine because she dies instead of him. Um, mm. And, you know, and as you just mentioned, you know, that growth and development he goes on, like, you know, and what he does to get to the darkest point and, you know, but then to come out of it again, like, yeah, it's incredible. So it's just a shame to see that kind of undone a little bit um, here in this. Um, But apart from that, like, I kind of like some of the Elseworlds sort of stories that they did. Like, I enjoyed um, Peter Quill uh, attacking the Avengers like back in the eighties, like to see what like a, an Avengers assembling in the late eighties would look like, you know, getting, getting Hank Pym in there and, um, you know, and, and yeah, and you've got Peggy Carter in there as well. And, um, yeah, a bunch of other, you know, familiar faces, Bucky's there and it's a bit weird, but sure it works well enough. Um, yeah, so that was, that, that was, that was kind of a fun episode. I actually enjoyed, watching that Lawrence Fishburne too, getting to see him in a suit. Um, yeah. Uh, I was going to mention, uh, <laughs> with, with, uh, Lawrence Fishburne being in this episode, I was like, I've forgotten how old he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's been around for a minute. It's like, surely, surely he's been, he's like, <laughs> he's just in his fifties now. But no, he's older. He is definitely older. Um, oh, definitely older. Um, we finally got to see, of course, the Gamora episode uh, that was cut mm. for from season one. 
uh, which turned out to actually be an Iron Man-centric episode that just had the Gamora in it. Um, so that kind of was a bit underwhelming, but it was still fun, mostly because Jeff Goldblum was playing the Grandmaster again, and um, he got to be very funny, turning into a puddle of goo. Um, I, I really enjoyed watching that. Um, um, and then, yeah, uh, let's see, them recreating Winter Soldier, but having Captain Carter doing it instead, and they're going after Steve instead of Bucky, like, so, and Bucky's, like, a senator, like, this, so this, that kind of, like, retake on, on the Winter Soldier was a lot of fun. Yeah, I like, I like that. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, Hella getting sort of a redemption arc was, was a bit fun. As well, I'm glad they got Kate Blanchett to, to reprise her role, um, as well. And then, um, and then I enjoyed the original, uh, the the introduction of the original character Kahori, um, who was cr- mm. created specifically for this. Um, the only criticism I had of her uh, is uh, the fact that she's another being connected to the Tesseract now. Uh, <laughs> So it, it just, but I get why, I get why it, mm. it makes sense because of the time period and all of that. Like it, 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 it makes sense, but I just, I'm just like, could we have had their abilities created any other way than the Tesseract? Why is it always, no. why does it have to always be the Tesseract? Because um, <laughs> that's the only thing that fell from Earth. Yes. Yes. Earth, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. See, like I said, I get it. I get it. Um, Hence why, hence why all the um, fan theories of the Tesseract being involved with the X-Men sort of origin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's being repconned. Yeah. Indeed. Um, I won't say much about the Christmas episode because I didn't really like it, but um, I... You just don't like Christmas. I just don't like Christmas. But it was really <laughs> cool to see Sam Rockwell reprise his role as Justin Hammer again. That was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed that. And then, um, speaking of actors reprising roles, um, Korg was funnier in this than he was in Thor Love and Thunder. And I <laughs> don't know what that says <laughs> about Taika Waititi. Um, but, man, uh, whoever wrote the, the dialogue fucking nailed it. Um, he had some great lines in, in both the episodes that he was in. Um but of course, I will wrap up my thoughts by just saying um, my favorite episode, naturally, um, was "What if the Avengers assembled in 1602?" Uh, I thought it was the best episode of the season, and uh, the general public seems to agree, based on the IMDb rating. But um, basically, getting getting my fa- absolute favorite thing, having Tom Hiddleston do Shakespeare. As Loki. I mean, when they told him he was going to be doing that, I bet he wet his pants with excitement because that man is one of the biggest Shakespeare fanboys. And so the fact that you've got fucking Loki, and it made so much sense, but like Loki doing fucking Hamlet and then talking about, um, you know, Iago in Othello, and which is funny because Tom actually... He, I think he played Cassius in, in, in a production of Othello with Ewan McGregor as Iago um, like 10, 15 years ago or something. Um, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Um, so, yeah, I got a f- massive kick out of that. And I kind of like the story, too, of, like, you know, um, the how the worlds have, m- cro- like, meshed together um, because of 
Steve Rogers. That was the twist. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, seeing you know seeing the these different versions of the characters we know, and they kept um, they kept Happy Hogan being sort of a Hulk um, for that um, as well. Which, uh, you know, John Favreau sounded like he was having the time of his life doing. So, um, yeah, I get to do something cool. Yeah, something different. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Overall, it was it was it was fun. It wasn't as good as the first season, but there was still a lot of great moments uh, in there and a lot of interesting stories. So, um, yeah, those are my thoughts on what if. Um, Mike, what did you make of it? Hello. Um, yeah. Uh, it was a bit weird. One at a time each day, yeah. And uh, I sort of got lost track as like of watching them. It's like, ah, oh, cool. I got three to watch <laughs> today, <laughs> and, and so on and so on. Mm. Um, I, yeah, it was a bit of a weird, weird mixed bag this time because because of that fact. It's like I I couldn't remember what we were getting because mm. the um. Because the titles came out, and I forgot <laughs> what the last episode was going to be, because I thought it ended after the uh, uh, after the sixteen oh two one. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And I, and I didn't go back until like I don't know, like a couple of weeks later. It's like, oh yeah, I still got to watch this one. Oh, now it makes sense. Um, yeah, still didn't work for me. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, I'll just roughly go go over it. Uh, I thought the Nebula one I quite enjoyed. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, more than most because I'm a big sucker for like cyberpunk sort of scenarios of everything getting shut down and and mm-hmm. then you got the and then you got the uh, dynamic of of uh, rock paper scissors and I thought yes, I like that. that Do was, with that more. And that was get, fun. And you get. Yeah, and you get Howard the Duck, and you got got to have Howard the Duck. Come on, he's mm-hmm. the most stupidest character. Bring him back. And um, yeah, unfortunately, you couldn't get Glenn Close to be Glenn Close. No. Um, but this character did more than she did in the first Guardians. I'm sorry, that's true. She didn't really do much after that. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. That's Missed fine. opportunity. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I quite like the uh, Peter Quill attacking the Earth because I'm a big sucker for um, uh, you're not judged by your father, but you're judged by your your own actions, and I, you know that's that's my brain better, and it also gets me in the feels. Mm. And the relationship that um, uh, Hank has with his daughter, I thought, oh mm. yeah, I, uh, I, I it was a good, nice, like little. Um, uh, daddy daughter sort sort of thing so yeah got me got me good uh the um yeah the the diehard uh version was fun i guess but i i still say that diehard is not a christmas film um it ain't <laughs> it's just set in it's just set in christmas it's uh it's, you know yeah, if that's what you want to tell talk about that, and I'll t- well, I'll, I'll talk about that more later. Yeah, hint, hint. Um, <laughs> what was the other ones? Uh, um, I, I, Iron Man, Grandmaster, Gamora. 
Oh yeah, yeah. They definitely felt like a first season episode. Yeah. Um, bit of fun, and I can see why they probably didn't do it in time because just doing a race, it would have would have spent a lot of time on that one. Um, I actually quite like the fifth one. The Captain Carter fought the uh, yeah. Hydra Stomper. Yeah, it was good. And like. Captain Carter is quintessentially the main character, main person in in the What If mm, season, mm-hmm. and it definitely definitely has that at the end of introducing like the whole world to like this is what the possibilities are, and the reason why we can do this is because of Loki. Blah blah blah. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, Curry. Um, good introduction. I don't mind the Tesseract thing because it, it definitely, it de- this episode definitely reminds me of Prey. Mm. Um, yeah, just get, getting like something well known and just putting it in this sort of time period and what would happen like and and everything. Hello? Can I just quickly add, I forgot to mention, I thought it was a really great choice that they decided to not do the episode in English. And the only yes. time English was spoken was when Doctor Strange rocks up at the end. The fact that they actually yeah. used the indigenous language and then the Spanish, spoken Spanish, Spanish. I thought that was yeah. amazing. I'm so glad they did that. Yeah, yeah. And they mm. actually got, got people of that tribe. The Was it the... Mohawk. Mohawk. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, different stories and, and and representation. It's always good. Hell yeah. Yeah. Even if it's uh, a culture that is really far from us. Mm. Um, and just introducing that. Uh, Hella was fun. I really enjoyed that episode. Mm. Ended weird that she turned into um, Hella the White. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is with Disney like, characters uh, becoming Gandalf now? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, you're coming back, aren't you, to do something? Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 1602, I don't really have that much love for it as you do. I thought, yeah, it's a bit of fun. But it's also what what I liked about it is we get to see what an incursion looks like. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's uh, not necessarily as like, oh, uh the difference of the timeline, like alternative timelines, like no, this sort of thing just meshed into each other, and and canonically be damned. It's just these characters at this time, mm. and and it just works. So maybe that's going to be the uh, the, the the future of the MCU later on down the track, where we get um, where we get the uh, uh, X Men and the the Fantastic Four. Bunching into this, the MCU universe. Mm. Yeah, so it's because of this episode. So props for that. Mm. And then strange interve- intervening uh, interference thing. Um, yeah. I, I suppose they needed an ending for it without being an ending. I think probably uh, the. The company says, okay, you can have an ending, but it can't be, like, anything. Mm. <laughs> it can't be something, like, 
that would affect the main MCU um, because we got plans. What are those plans? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. But we're but we're already past phase five. It's like okay, what are we doing now? What what aren't what's we hap- ramping up to hap- do something? What's happening now, guys? Uh, what's going on? Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So overall, the the first season was fun. Second season was yeah, still a bit of fun. Like, and the animation is uh, it's an interesting take of animation of ha- of having three D models but with two D um, uh, renderings. Mm. And I, I like that sort of mesh. It's, mm. it's sort of best of both worlds. And you can still have uh, 2D and 3D co- coexisting because I always, I always enjoyed the 2D sort of. It, it, it you can see like the um, love of the um, animation with the 2D, mm. and then with with the 3D, it's more streamlined and, and it's like and more, uh, more direct, and having these characters look like the actors. Except for a couple. I, there was one that I thought, you don't look like that. You do not look like that <laughs> in real life. And I can't remember who. Maybe, yeah. it, was, maybe it was Maybe it was Hammer. Yeah, Justin he Hammer looks... Glasses. He looked different. But I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So overall, um, enjoyable. Mm. Not great, just enjoyable. Yeah, that's about it. But that's what the MCU is, basically. It, it killed time for me. There you go. There you go. Anyway. Nice. This year, it's a, there's only one movie. Good. That's it. One series and one movie. Really? Yep. So we're gonna True. have we're gonna have a boring podcast. Are we? Are we really? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, we can start watching Matt Smith Doctor Who, and then. Yeah, I haven't actually dipped my toes in yet. Yeah. Expect very jarring uh, writing. Mm. Yeah. It's just fucking horny. <laughs> it's almost unbearable. <laughs> but I don't know. It was it was at the time of like Tumblr, like Oh yeah, yeah. Super Hulock. Going nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So <sighs> understandable. Mm. And yeah. But anyway. Speaking of Doctor Who. Speaking of Doctor Who, it's time for the moment. For? The, s- ah. the segment. I should the, ch- check if anyone is chatting to us. This, I doubt it. The, but. This, 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 the, the part and the place and the spot and the thing oh, in the, the show. The thing we like to call. Yes, that we like to call. <clears throat> Popcorn culture and the rain is coming down hard. Oh, no. <laughs> I hope I don't get a blackout. Let's let's hope not. Let's uh let's power through, shall we? Power. Oh. Power to the people. Power to the people. Yes. Speaking of Doctor Who, it's Popcorn Culture time, and we are here, of course, to discuss our thoughts on the Christmas special. Shooty Gat was first a solo outing as the Doctor, um, the Church on Ruby Road, um. Yes, I'm. I'm looking forward to 
to your thoughts on this, Mike, and to discussing this. Um, yeah. And um, but yeah, we're going to start with Fulia's thoughts because she left us a lovely paragraph. Um, so we'll we'll start with her and we'll go out from there. Um, Fulia says, "This was a fun and interesting episode." The introduction of Ruby was a tad long, but it made sense once she met the Doctor. I liked the whole foster family story, something we don't often see on TV being represented. The moment mm. the crack in time happened and Ruby was forgotten, oof, I was almost about to cry. Um, Shooty needs to win an award for that emotional scene with Ruby's foster mother because seeing him cry oof. broke yeah. me. Yes, yes, that was devastating. Um, the goblins were disgusting, <laughs> especially the king, she says in parentheses, uh, on point with the monster design there. Overall, a nice way to start off the new Doctor era. Very True good. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, my overall thoughts kind of the same. Um, it was fun. It was interesting. Um, it was cool. Like, it was, it felt like a very, you know new kind of take on on doctor who very very different to um you know chris chibnall and jodie whittaker's stuff that i've you know more recently seen and it definitely felt like you know watching a a more classic episode of the new who um so obviously because you know russell t davies made made those uh episodes back in the day um but yeah but no it was it was it was good like i i was i i I did hope it would be a little bit better, but it did pick up for me once the twist happened of like, okay, Ruby's gone. Where is she? Um, and how do we fix this? Once that happened, that was, I thought that was really, really cool. That definitely amped up the episode for me. Um, but, but no, I, I enjoyed the performances quite a bit and we'll get into what we think about, um, the characters and, and everything. But, um, but yeah, overall, it was it was a fun first outing for the for the fifteenth Doctor. I think. Um, how did you feel about it? Um, <clears throat> out of all the um, introductions to a Doctor, I mean, for a sol- solo, um, it was good. Um, I don't know what I was expecting. I knew there was going to be goblins in it. Mm. Um, and. <laughs> Maybe I need to stop theorizing as like, oh, it could be about this, because <laughs> I thought I thought Russell T Davies was going to make um, elves on the shelf scary, <laughs> like inside those, those those things is a little goblin <laughs> that that plays tricks on you, like what the what the elf on the shelf should be doing. Mm. I mean, I haven't really started doing that with my kids because I didn't really do it. We didn't really do it growing up. No, we didn't. Sort of a new, new, new newer thing. thing, but but thinking of ways of trick, trick, doing tricks on kids is yeah, and just keeping that spirit alive. So they weren't going to do that, and I thought, ah, missed opportunity, maybe, uh, or I'm just looking too much into it. Um, I really enjoyed the introduction to the Doctor because. We we're coming off from the uh, the uh, bi generational thing, mm. and we only seen like bits and pieces where um, the uh, Shooty 
we we didn't get a scene where uh the doctor is finding his main costume his main his mm. main outfit mm-hmm. which is different uh but bearing in mind we didn't really see Christopher Eccleston's but uh <laughs> you know the th- the main theory about that mm. where they did the bot by generational thing mm. where Shooty had uh had the shirt and the underpants yeah so that means David Tennant has got the pants but no underpants so he's freeballing it from then on. <laughs> yes, he would be. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, yeah, Shooty was great. Um, yeah. He, he, he definitely... I probably need to need to see more episodes to, to get with his level because it's very different from all the other Doctors, which is good because I, I, don't, I don't like seeing Doctors like... I was like, oh, I'm going to be be like this doctor that's come before that makes sense. It's going to be something a bit bit different. Um, uh, uh, Ruby Sunday, the new companion, her introduction was great. Mm. He, and I don't mind the sort of like lingering on uh, ling- the story lingering on her for a bit because mm. essentially her being the uh, human character we need to see see this world through her eyes in a way and knowing where she is in this in this world and there's a mystery behind it and i don't mind mm. a mystery i just don't like too many mysteries <laughs> and i feel like this episode had a lot a lot of a lot of mysteries a lot of those question mark boxes and it's like ah, cool but I know you're setting up a lot, and you were setting up a lot in the sixteenth, in the sixty uh, episodes, like. And, but you do you do have payoffs of everything is now mavity. Mm. Okay, it's quirky, it's cool, um, and overall, it's not really a Christmas episode because it could happen like any time of the year. And yeah, and my quotes about uh, my theory of Die Hard not being really a Christmas movie. It's just a it's just a movie set in Christmas. Yeah, so overall, good introduction to the these new characters that we're going to follow later on in the year. Mm-hmm. But as a Christmas, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't love Christmas stuff generally, like traditional stuff, but um, I I thought it was a, like fine enough in terms of Chris, like how it felt like a Christmas special, just based on the specials I've seen so far. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's it's set at, it's set at Christmas, obviously, but then you have the connection of like Ruby being you know born on Christmas Eve. And that whole thing, um, and um, you know, and then and then yeah, I guess you know you have that giant snowman on the building <laughs> <laughs> as well. But but yeah, I suppose on the whole, like if you took out those little things, there wasn't anything overly super Christmassy about yeah. it. I guess like there was no, yeah, yeah. I guess at, yeah. At least the first um, Russell T Davies Christmas special. Had a Christmas tree 
that was trying to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, I can just hear Jackie Tyler in my head screaming at that tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's fun. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I kind of want to start just by talking about um, the, the goblins. Um, yes, the main villains. The main villains of this episode. Um, I thought they like the 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 design in them was pretty good, um, and the fact that like you know they wore they wore clothes and that was kind of funny and um, yeah and like they looked they looked great. The Goblin King looked really cool. Um, it looks like a mix maybe between practical and visual effects done. I I mm. guess um, you know I. I, I kind of liked the, um, you know, I didn't realize it until I thought about it later, but like s- sort of like a hot fuzz moment with the, the church spire going through the, <laughs> <laughs> going through the creature. Um, only cause I watched, hot cause fu- I watched hot fuzz recently. So I think that's probably why it made me think of it. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the, well, I sort of saw it as the, um, the vampire thing. If you if you mm. kill kill the main vampire, all the other ones disappear. Yeah, there was that that part of it too. Um, yeah, that I thought was yeah that was good. Um, yeah, um, and I liked the whole like the premise of them playing on luck and coincidence and and you know the reason why they wanted to take um, the baby. Um, like I kind of liked how they explored that and used that. I thought that was really interesting and and made a lot of sense. Um, the only thing about the goblins I really didn't like was this, the, the, the musical number. (laughs) (laughs) I, I... Coming from you that loves Steve. That loves, loves, oh, Steve the musical, I know, Steve Rogers the musical. Steve the musical. Yeah, I, I know, I loved that, and I know that song is, was definitely a lot cheesier than this song, um, obviously, but, um... Oh no! It just didn't do it for me. I I I would have preferred if they'd done like if Doctor Who just did a whole musical episode instead of just here are the goblins and they're singing. That's probably coming up. Oh okay, cool. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> I'll take it. Like it was fun. I just uh, like it was kind of fun when the Doctor and 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 Ruby started singing back. Um, that was a bit amusing, but. But I just, I don't know, the song just didn't work for me and it felt a little out of place. Um, I don't know, I was just like, okay, I guess they're singing now. It's fine. Yeah, there's songs at Christmas. <laughs> it wasn't even about... a, well, it wasn't even a Christmas song. Like, they could have sung, like, a Christmas carol or something. Or, like, done a, a goblin, their own goblin original song and have, like, Christmas shit thrown in. I don't know. Eat baby Jesus. <laughs> Eat baby Jesus. <laughs> Yeah. Um but yeah, apart from that, they were yeah, as a as an antagonist for for this ep- for this episode, this special, I thought they were they were pretty good uh, on the whole, I suppose. Um what did you make of the goblins? I really liked them. Like the aesthetic mm-hmm. and their their ship was built. Yeah. It was cool. Uh, uh and the the way the way that they do the the way they uh, explain it, that um, it's all to do with uh, wood, wood and twine and all, all that. It's like, mm-hmm. and <coughs> the Doctor actually learning something new of 
okay i need to learn <laughs> i need to learn uh rope the the language of lo- rope that's like yes i i, I kind of like that because mm. because the sonic screwdriver doesn't really work on wood and we established that and mm-hmm. we'll probably talk about the new um sonic screwdriver as well mm. um people have been saying ah oh, it's the it's the uh, remote control from click and yeah it is a little bit know. but i don't it's fine it's a it's a writing tool that's to get out of jail free card um and hopefully it doesn't uh, they don't use it as much um yeah or the psychic paper really mm. I, th- I think it's just a crutch that doesn't need to be used so many times yes yeah, um true. and and with the goblins, uh, yeah, I like the way that they use them uh, for their purpose. Uh, and you got to remember, like, kids are watching this as well. It's like, yeah, it's something a bit gross. It's like, yeah, these goblins are old, uh, of old, where they, they steal babies and eat them. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's 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 very grim tale so, mm. sort of grim brother sort of thing uh i enjoy that and <laughs> the aesthetic of having a goblin king and i'm really surprised that russell t of davies didn't do the ultimate reference of a goblin king stealing a baby and not having you know a labyrinth <laughs> like reference reference yeah yeah that's a good point because <laughs> i was going oh yeah goblin king <laughs> I saw my baby. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, so really enjoyed it. Uh really enjoyed the uh the bad guy mm. and they and the uh Yeah. Not really much to say. And they can time travel as well. Yeah, which I found I found interesting as well. Convenient. A little bit. A little bit convenient. But, but that's fine. Yeah. I think if I'm going to put my theory hat on, mm. there's going to be a lot more, like, supernatural um, characters in this new Who. Yeah. Uh, with the introduction of the toy maker as well as the uh, wild blue yonder of actually mm-hmm. the Doctor talking about putting super spits superstition back into the into the universe and i think these are the sort of characters that the creatures are sort of on that line so i don't mind a bit of the um uh the fairy tale stuff Mm. uh putting being put into doctor who i just don't like it being done a lot yeah like you know Next time, do do like a supercomputer doing stupid stuff. I like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But as I said, this is like the fir- first outing of Shooty Gutler. Ho- hopefully, this is not going to be a a mainstay. Just different stories. I love that. That's mm. the reason why I got come back to Doctor Who. It's always the different mm-hmm. stories, and it's like okay, I like this sort of thing. I don't li- I don't mind this one, but I I, I don't particularly like that sort of uh, story. So. Mm. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Um, well, you mentioned, you know, the, um, you know, the sonic screwdriver and the psychic paper. Um, I feel like the psychic paper probably didn't even need to be used because 
what he used it, the scene he used it in didn't really like, like mm. I, f- I feel, I feel like um, Ruby didn't need much convincing. Like she wasn't put off by him in any sense. So um, I thought it was a bit weird that he just whipped it out. Um, but I guess, Hey, fine. Um, but the sonic screwdriver. Um, yeah. I, I appreciate the, the thought that's gone into the redesign of it. Um, like the connection to Shudigawa's heritage and, um, mm. and, you know, and all of that as well is really beautiful. Um, I just, I just don't like the look of it. Like as, <laughs> as like a, as like a TV remote, as like a click remote and, you know, as opposed to an actual sort of screwdriver. Um, I guess that's uh, kind of how I'm, I'm feeling about it. But it's really not the end of the world. It's a minor, generally a minor nitpick. I did really like the um, the in- intelligent gloves. I thought they, yeah. I thought they were fun. The Mavity gloves. The Mavity gloves. I thought that was yeah, They were really really cool, and I liked how they weren't um, a, a, an ex machina thing. Like they weren't like a. Deus Ex Machina will just use them to get out of the situation. Um, they had it, their own limits to them, um, so I thought that was that was really cool and well done. But I, I that scene where they're on the on the rope ladder going up and he's explaining how they work and and all of that, I thought that was really a, a really nice scene, actually. So um, yeah, but um, but no, I, I those are my thoughts on the new gadgets. What did what um, hmm. did you have any any thoughts? Um, Dr. Ori loves his gadgets Mm. and again only the first episode if it's going to be a more gadgety sort of uh, doctor with uh, with Shooty I'm all for that Uh, and as you said hopefully it's not a deus ex machina sort of every time Mm. Uh, it actually bows well and actually fits within the story and not all powerful i mean in this one uh there is a there is a uh, uh a power limit to mm. to the gloves i think he said like three three percent or something like that yeah uh from the last bit and then he had to pretty much drag the entire tire ship down so mm. i like that so i can't remember the last time we had like a very gadgety Doctor, no, <laughs> Inspector Gadget. <laughs> Inspector Gadget. Diddle-diddle-dip. Inspector Gadget. Diddle-diddle-dip. Could be a Time Lord. <laughs> Everything's a Time Lord. Everything's a Time Lord. Everything's a drum. <laughs> I like uh, that meme. Is Mary Poppins a Time Lord or a, or a witch? <laughs> She's neither. She is the same creature from it only she uh survives on children's joy uh and not fear not their fear that's great <laughs> what's uh, next amazing alrighty well um I guess we can talk about um I don't know let's talk about Ruby uh um, I, I really liked her. I, I thought hmm. she, I thought she was a great, um, you know, a great character, a, a, a nice addition to to the Doctor Who universe. Um, a good companion. She's not 
whiny or annoying. She's she's clever. She's switched on. Um, for she's a... so clever that she worked out that the Doctor is a time traveller. <laughs> um, hopefully she doesn't drift into, like, you know, Mary Sue... Ca- uh, territory i don't think she will but um but i what what they did with her this episode i thought was was really good um mary mary sue now i know the i know a definition for mary sue but what what do you mean so you know like how like everyone calls ray a mary sue oh that she has she has all the power you're just you're just good at everything um, you know, you're a young woman. You're good at everything. You know everything. Like oh, you, okay. you, you can't. You always have plot armor. You can't go wrong. Like you just. Yeah. Yeah. The other definition that I know know of, and I always confuse uh, confuse which ones people are talking about, is uh, the Mary Sue, as in the the uh, insert character for the the writer. Oh right. In this okay. Story. Um, I didn't know it was also used as as that term. There we go. Yeah. Do you know my immortal? Yes, yes. I do know about that. Yeah, okay. As in, insert insert you into that story. And you you cannot do no wrong. And Mm -hmm. you have a love triangle between uh, Harry and Draco. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then then Mm. someone hacked your your account and basically retcon the entire thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that story is very very infamous in, in the fan fiction infamous. community yes yes um but yes anyway um but yeah i i really liked her i thought she was good i i find it weird that she has to be a teenager like i know i know so was rose like rose was also like what 19 i think as well I think she's 20. Rose was 20? I thought Rose was, like, younger. Oh, sorry, uh, Ruby. Ruby, no, didn't they say she was 19? She was found 19 years ago. I was thinking, well, she's probably a year older, maybe. Mm, I don't so know. It doesn't matter too 19, much. 19, 18. But she's, like, so super... On the cusp on the cusp of being a teenager. She's super young, is what I'm getting at. Um, yeah. So, um... I don't know, but like it's it's it is totally fine, and I thought um, Millie Gibson did a very good job. Her performance, she is good. She's quite talented. Um, she, you know, her and and Shudi Gatwa have a good, um, you know, platonic chemistry on screen. They bounce off each other really nicely. Um, yeah, it it feels very natural. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to actually seeing their relationship, their companionship develop as we move forward through the season and series going forward. Um, yeah. No, I'm, and I'm curious to know more about it because obviously there's a bit of, as you hinted earlier, there's a bit of a mystery going on with mm. her um, in who her mother really is. Um, so, yeah. And I, and I agree, you know, that it was a good introduction to her character. Like I liked, I liked meeting her the way they did that. And, you know, the, the whole story about her being a foundling and, you know, wanting to connect to where she really comes from, but not in a disrespectful way to her, you know, foster mum and gra- mm. and grandmother, who are just wonderful, wonderful women um, that I really, yeah. really enjoyed 
watching. Like I still, I just love the fact that um, the grandmother Cherry was like, she just kept going on about a cup of tea, but literally the first time you hear her ask for it, um, <laughs> Ruby's mum's like, but you didn't, when I made it for you, you didn't drink it. Like you let it go cold, you know? And then she just, every time they kept going back to that joke of, no, I want my cup of tea, you know? Um, yeah. It was very, it was very funny. So yeah. So I, 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 yeah, I, I'm really enjoying everything about the Sundays and, and Ruby at the moment. Um, yeah. I'm excited to get to know them. Um, what did, what did you make? What did you make of Ruby, Ruby Sunday? Yeah, she was good. Um, Yet another um, a modern uh, companion. Mm. Uh, uh, young, well, it's pretty much the foregone conclusion. It's going to be female, young, and uh, earthling, and mm. of this time. So, no changes there, but... That um, here nor there. Uh, uh, a mystery behind her. So, depending on um, uh, what Gibson is doing in season two, or even if she's coming back in season two, so we'll mm. probably get. So we'll probably get uh, some closure at the end of this season mm. coming up. Um, yeah, so a lot of mysteries there and a lot of uh, theories that are going around. And there's one that I think fits, but I don't want it to be. Um, because Ruby uh, was found, what, well, 19 years ago. So what, mm. would, what would that be? 2005. Yeah, which it makes it, yeah. I thought about that too. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, the beginning of New Who. Yeah, so, and it just proves how old we are. And also, mm -hmm. uh, the mum could be, I don't know, the teenage pregnancy of Rose, maybe. And I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Oh, God. Nah. No. No. Too laborious. Too yeah. And that's why there's there's no mention of her on any database because she's not in this dimension. Yeah. Yeah. And father, question mark. Um, could be just a boy from high school, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. Yeah, that's Ruby. And she's going to be awesome. Yeah. And the relationship that she has with the Doctor is, is good. I don't want a romantic relationship. We've had too many of them, thank you. And <laughs> I'm sick of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I like, I, I, I like the, um, the Doctor and the companion to just be friends. Yeah, platonic. Platonic. Through and through. Through and through. It definitely works a lot better. <laughs> Quite literally, clubbing mates. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 110%. Um, oh, mm -hmm. so many stupid people on the internet. <laughs> oh my God, the mate Doctor Who woke. Look, he's wearing a dress. 
Oh my god. He's a... He's wearing a kilt because Shooty is Scottish, you pieces of crap. <laughs> and also... Um, something that uh, was mentioned, mm. and I cannot unsee it now. There's a slight tinge of blue in his hair. Yeah, I I um had had that pointed out to me on on YouTube when I was watching a video about the episode, and um and they showed photos of like you know screen caps of like talk like Shooty talking about the hair or whatever, and I'm like, ah. Mm. Oh. It's actually it is actually blue. I didn't even notice that. So now it's all I'm gonna yeah. be see. <laughs> it's very interesting. And, I, and and someone pointed out is like is like yes, ah uh, the people are going the peop the right people are going. I hate it. <laughs> a doctor who is a person of color who who is gender fluid and has blue hair. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's pretty great. Take that, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Take that, motherfuckers. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, so, yeah. Shall we? Shall we talk about Mrs. River? <laughs> Mrs. Flood. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Jones. Oh my Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones. My goodness. Yeah, I'm I, I wanna know your theories because I have none. But um I'm I was like I was watching it and as the episode was going on and like, you know, when it gets towards the end and you see the way she's reacting to to the doctor and to the presence of the TARDIS and, and it's like my my you know what my brain did? I'm like, Oh, is she from Classic Who? Like is she was she in the old Who? And I <laughs> I looked through her IMDb and I couldn't find a classic Who connection through her. Yeah. Um, she was in an episode of Red Dwarf. Yes, but she hasn't really done much no. genre stuff. No, no. Um, but I was so intrigued because then you know you've got that scene where she she looks at the screen, breaks the fourth wall, and says, "Haven't you ever seen a TARDIS before?" It's like, and we're just like, "What? What's happening? <laughs> What's going on?" Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, this miss, this mystery box is intriguing. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I have no theories. Mike, please, your thoughts, your theories, educate me. What do you reckon? You know, it's a scary bit. Mm -hmm. I have no theories. Ah, wow. Be That's fine. It's an enigma. She, she saw the TARDIS go off for the first time mm. and she was quite, Surprise! It's like what? What's going on? And then she's just she's just um, sitting by her gate and watch the TARDIS go for again as a and goes to sh goes to the Doctor. You're going to be great and all that. And then and pretty much tells Ruby, "It's like you enjoy yourself." It's like okay. And then that happens. It's like okay. What are you setting up? Because. Mm -hmm. A lot of people from pretty much from the very get go of if there's a if there's a woman who knows the doctor a lot more than most people, people's knee jerk reaction is the Irani, who is a renegade time lord who is female. Mm. Uh essentially the female version of the master. 
from Classic Who. Oh. Uh, but but then we got Missy, and a lot of people were saying, oh, is, is Missy Arani? It's like, no, it's the master uh, or the mistress, and we don't need Arani, please. Because uh, the Arani has been in episodes that aren't good. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Uh, like her stories and her motivations do not make sense, like at all in either one mm. or three. If you count, if you count dimensions in time as a story, which a lot of people don't. Uh, the only benefit is we get to see the sixth Doctor interaction with the Brigadier, and that's the only time you get to see them both together. Okay. Um, so that's it. Um, no, it's not going to be Irani. Okay. No, don't need it. And it's a, it's a person who can break the fourth wall. So, mm. is she human? Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or is she someone who is running away from something, like an alien doing something? We don't know. Or is she connected to the hand that picked up the the toy maker at the end of the giggle? That's this is the thing. I this is the reason why I don't like so many mystery boxes because mm. they they either not be connected to anything or they're just not going to be fulfilled. Mm. I mean. Like, the Doctor's daughter is still out there. (laughs) And she's only been in one episode, Mm. and that's it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is this going to be something? No. (laughs) Big Finish will pick it up. But that's why I don't want to jump to any conclusions. I just want... I'm I'm just sort of burnt out. It's like, oh, who could it be? It's like, no, I don't... No, I don't want to. No. I don't want to anymore. I just want to sit down and watch. Mm-hmm. But I will speculate that Ru- Ruby uh, Sunday is the illegitimate child of uh, Rose Tyler and uh, a boy that she she uh, that she went to school with. You like that theory? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like, oh, that's probably a theory that probably they could is. do. I don't. It's a it's a theory that they that they can do and they I don't want them to do and in a way it doesn't make make sense because she said she was from Manchester and mm. and Rose was on the outskirts of London so too far Ge- yeah geographically it doesn't make sense no but is Mrs Flood to do with Ruby is she a guardian angel looking over her? there's too many possibilities and we've only going on one episode so mm. I ha- and as I said uh, I have no theories okay I have nothing I'm just a casual viewer at the moment <laughs> no that's cool that's exciting yeah sometimes Things don't need to be explained. <laughs> and that's what yeah. that's what Doctor Who is. Mm-hmm. Shall we explain that? No. no. It's either not explained or too much explained or there are two composing canon, canon mm-hmm. parallels that happen at the same time. I mean, 
Doctor Who has uh, explained the Bermuda Triangle twice. Mm. Right. Yeah. So. So. Fun. Either both are correct or none of them or one. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm. Mind you, mm. I like the fact that uh, Russell T has not completely sideswiped uh, the timeless child mm. and does make reference to the fact. Uh, I know a lot of people would be annoyed at that, but these are the cards that you de- deal with. This is this is the um, the telephone call that you get. You know when you play telephone and and you pass the baton and doesn't have to be exactly a, a explanation it's just there mm. and and yeah it's an inst- interesting concept of the doctor is a being from another world not necessarily Gallifrey mm. uh, but is alone in the world and it's yeah. the story of the god falling to earth and he is amongst mortals yeah and stuff like that so and he doesn't know his own past well i Which, hmm. i was going to say i kind of like that that's something that they could maybe have um ruby and the doctor bond over and connect i over. think yeah i think that's what they're setting up mm. like parallel like traumas and yeah yeah yep and, may, and maybe the Doctor will find closure by finding her mum. Like finding something for her. And in mm. a way, he would, he would feel... I don't know what the Doctor's pronouns are now. They? Uh, probably they after, mm. after this. Uh, yeah. Mm. Collective trauma. <sighs> hmm. Um, I'm done. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to add. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah Shooty was great. I, I'm looking forward to him um, going forward, and um, yeah, seeing what else. We're not getting another episode until what March or April or May or something like that. Something like that. They they say what? Maybe it was what's May. What's the episode about? What's the opposite of their spring? It's like autumn. Spring, so. Yeah, so March, April, May. Yeah. Sometime then. Yeah. On Disney and Plus. Then we can, and then we can talk and who. 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 Hey. Who. Yep. Judy Gartwell or Matt Smith. <laughs> yep. It's about time. Two episodes at a time. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that could be fun. So what did you think? What did you think? Yeah, we could do that. I'd be down to do that next week. Down the clown. Down to clown. Um. All right. Well, if that's all we've got, then I think that's the podcast. Yeah. Echo next week. Yes, Echo next week. Uh, all, all of it goes? All of it. All five episodes are dropping on... Oh, five. That's all right. ...on Wednesday. So, yeah. So, it should... 
by the time we reconvene in a week, we should hopefully have time to watch all five. So, um, yes. yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. I hope it's good. Looks good. It does look good. Like, street level, street level thing. Mm. It's not going to go too overly, <laughs> too overly, um, uh, m- meta universe stuff. <laughs> Unless Wanda just drops right in the middle of it. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that would be. Maybe Mephisto. Mephisto. Finally, Mephisto. Oh, mm. no. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay. Um, yes. That is our thoughts on on uh, the Doctor Who Christmas special, The Church on Ruby Road. I hope you guys enjoyed our discussion. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week for more fun times. So thank you for watching and listening. Let's get on out of here. A one. Yep, all set up. A yep. two. A three. And, and that, that was a podcast. Was a podcast called, called Fred. Fred. Yes. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest Fred content. No longer on Twitter. Uh, if you'd like to. If you'd like to listen to Freddy Alien, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch Freddy Alien, you can head on over to our YouTube. If you're there right now, give us a subscribe and hit the bell icon so you can be up to date of all the videos that we are going to be doing this year. And if you're on Twitch, give us a follow and make sure you enjoy everything that is to come. Yes, please do. I've been a Kendall Richardson. And I am the overly excited Michael Lister. <laughs> I guess. I guess. And, and you, you just experience, experience a podcast called Transition. Yes. Uh, remember to eat beef. Remember, Freddy lives, Loki dies, the Doctor is in, and 2024 is my year. Not your year, but mine. (laughs) Thank you for listening and watching. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Look after yourself and your mental health. (laughs) Laters, gamers, and... and... See... See.